everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. What's up, guys? It's your substitute teachers here for the <laughs> third and final day. It's me, Jermaine Harrison, joined by my guest co-host, Will McElroy. Come on. And we are so excited um, to walk through Luke 15 with you guys today. I love Luke 15, and I think it's probably one of the more um, beloved passages in the Bible. And the reason why is because I think it's so relatable. Like, anyone reading through this, wherever you are in life, whatever you even believe about faith, like there's something in this chapter for you. Um, in verse one, Jesus is, um, you know, he's hanging out with the people who are on the, the margins of society of his day, the tax collectors and the sinners. And we see the religious leaders, the elites who Jesus had just had dinner with in the chapter before. They're like looking at Jesus like, what are you doing? Why are you hanging out with those people? They're second class citizens. You shouldn't be with them. They're unclean. But Jesus, by his actions and by his presence shows that he is committed to building relationships with people wherever they've been, whatever they've done, whatever their life circumstance is. And so um, the idea being portrayed here by Jesus's example is that God is committed to the one. No matter how lost that one person is, no matter how broken they are, no matter how mounting the evidence um, that might be against that person, you're never too far. You're never outside of the reach of God's mercy and God's grace. And he invites you in to a, a relationship with him. You are as treasured as one lost sheep. You are as treasured as that lost precious coin or the lost son. To God, you are worth it. You are worth chasing after. You're worth setting aside some things to, to, to be chased after by the Savior of the world. That is incredible news. That is amazing. That is an amazing reality um, that I think we can all resonate with. And I know Luke, um, Luke 15 is a special chapter even for you, Will. So why don't you share um, with us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, like you said, it's a, I think it's a special chapter for, for anyone who is a, a believer. But for, for me specifically, the, the words on this chapter quite literally changed my life. And uh, just for the quick story is when I was 18, uh, I went to college at UT Tyler in East Texas, and I had great parents growing up. I was a good kid, never got in trouble, but I, similar to the uh, parable of the prodigal son, I, I so-called wasted my inheritance. Even though I had great parents and a great upbringing, I went to college and uh, completely uh, just got enveloped by the college lifestyle of partying and dating girls and just my ego and pride to control of me. And then uh, as the semester went on of my freshman year, that first fall semester, I just uh, continued to, to party and I was running cross country and track at the time. And I cared uh, more about sports than anything else, especially my grades. And uh, quickly things began just to crumble. The dominoes began to fall in my life. The, what I cared most about running and track, uh, it got stripped away from me that season because I got injured and I couldn't run anymore. And this girl who I was in an on-again, off-again relationship with, she started dating another guy. And so I was heartbroken. And then on top of that, I started, there was a class that I started failing because I just slept through the only exam that this class <laughs> offered. And so here I am. It was probably November of my freshman year at college. I was injured. I was heartbroken and I was failing. And uh, I was just feeling devastated. And the partying wasn't really filling my life anymore. 
anymore. I couldn't, I just had no purpose is what I felt like. And then to wrap this up, I was walking around campus uh, one day. It was late in, it was later in the evening. No one was really on campus. I was just getting out of class, going to my dorm. And there was a guy on campus who he had, uh, it was kind of weird. He was holding a sign and on this sign, it said, need, need prayer, question mark. <laughs> and that's all it said. And I remember uh, I took a picture of him because he, he just looked weird and I sent it to my friends and I, I really wasn't following or pursuing the Lord at the time. And so I just took a picture to even make fun of him and was planning just to walk by him. But this guy, his name was actually Braun. Braun, he stopped me. And uh, as I was walking by, he stopped me and said, hey, I, I don't know why, but I f- feel like God just wants me to pray for you. Is there anything I can pray for? And in that moment, I just shared him everything. I just shared just now that I was heartbroken, failing, injured. My life was falling apart. And what he told me, he said, Will, do you have a Bible in your dorm? And I said, yes. He said, I want you to go to Luke chapter 15 and read the story of the prodigal son. And so I went back to my room and read that chapter. And uh, on my old Bible, you can still see the date I wrote. And I just wrote the date because here I was reading this chapter. And I was like, this is me. This is me. I have run from the Father. I am living in pig filth right now. And uh, and then verse 17, it talks about how he came to himself. In that moment, I feel like I, uh, looking back, I came to myself, that I realized for the first time, probably in my whole life, who I was and who I wasn't, and more importantly, who God was. And so for the first time, I felt I felt like myself. And the reason I felt like myself is because I was finally aware of who God was and uh, what his purpose was for me. And that even I wanted to be just a servant at his table because I knew that his crumbs from his table would fill me more than uh, any partying or any girls or any accomplishments ever would. And so uh, in that moment, again, chapter 15, it really saved me. Um, because for the first time I realized who God was and who I was in relation to God. Yeah. I love that. Thanks so much for sharing that part of your story, Will. Yeah. Um, man, Luke 15 is relevant for anyone listening to this. And so let me just kind of briefly summarize the story of the the prodigal son that Will referenced um, was transformative in his life. And whether you're a follower of Jesus and you've believed the gospel, and I hope that even in walking through this, you're encouraged and refreshed as you hear it. Um, and if you are a follower of Jesus, I hope that the um, the caution from the life of the older brother is, is something that um, resonates with you and encourages you to Um, have a different perspective. And so if you're lost like the younger brother, as in you have taken your life into your own hands to, um, because you think that you know what's best and you know what's better, I just want to ask you, where have you gone and what have you tried and how is it working out for you? And, you know, Will would say he had gone and tried accomplishments athletically, academically, relationally, Mm -hmm. and and he was was at rock bottom. And he came to his senses. And the the younger brother in the story, he comes to his senses and he's like, what am I doing? I'm out here eating pig food when I could be at home with my dad. And so he decides to go home. And I pray that if someone's listening this morning who, um, or tonight or whenever you're listening to this, who has taken life into your own hands, that you would make that decision, that you would come to your senses and come home to your father. And there's no need to punish yourself for your actions and your choices. Just come 
home. Like the the younger brother was like, man, I probably just need to ask my dad to be a servant in his family, um, so I can I can be at home and, and you know have that lower position. And and there's no need for you to make up for the mistakes that you've made to try to climb yourself out of that ditch that you've created. God, our Father isn't waiting for you to stop messing up. He isn't waiting for you to work harder. Um, he isn't waiting for the right moment to punish you. He's waiting for you to come home. So just come home. And, and if you're like the older brother and you've, you know, can't remember a time in your life when you weren't a Christian, um, I think you might be tempted sometimes at least to, to, to respond the way the older brother did. And that is to um, look at the celebration, the party that was happening when the younger brother came home and he was, he was frustrated. He was annoyed because for him, he's like, I haven't left. I haven't gone and tried to live my life on my own. I've been faithful. I've done what I was supposed to do. I've stuck by my father's side and no party for me, you know? And there's even a part of you that kind of resonates with him and you're like, yeah, where is he? Where is his party? He's been, he's been by his dad's side. He didn't betray him. Um, and I think the, the question that challenges even that question is, what do you think God owes you? Do you think God owes you something because of your um, performance and obedience and um, um, commitment to him? Um, because he doesn't. He doesn't owe you anything, but he gave everything up for you in literally becoming human so that he could live, die, and raise again from the grave to offer you a reconciled relationship with His, with himself. And so God has done everything uh, possible um, to allow you to experience life the way it was meant to be lived, this side of heaven and on into eternity. And so he doesn't owe you anything. Um, and that feeling of God owes me something is a, a prideful feeling, to be honest. And so maybe there's some some reflecting and repenting that some of us need to do if we feel like God owes us something. And then the second question I'd ask uh, you to consider is who are you looking down on? Who are you comparing your life to and saying, at least I'm not like fill in the blank because they did this and this and I didn't do it. And man, that's just not the the way of the gospel. Um, that's not the way that, that, that God invites us to live and to view the world and to view brothers and sisters who've maybe made choices that have brought brokenness into their lives. Instead, we should view them with compassion. We should view them with patience. We should pray consistently for them and we should rejoice and join the party when, when that person who was lost is found. Um, and so I think the last thing I'll say is that there isn't a resolution to the older brother's part of the story, right? At the end, the father's like, hey, my son who was lost is found. Why wouldn't I celebrate him? Question mark. And you don't, you don't get a, the brother's response. And I think it's a motivation for us. What's our response in that moment or in that, um, if that's our experience in life where we've been walking with Jesus for years and feel like maybe God owes us something. And so I hope that um, you were encouraged and challenged by this time and by Luke 15 and by um, Rebecca Barra's devotional. She just did a great job of sharing some of the things that we even talked about on here. So that's it. That's Luke 15. Guys, the substitute teachers are done. We hope you've enjoyed the last three days. We love y'all. And we're so glad that we're on this journey reading the Bible together. We'll see y'all. 
Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.